0: Hey, hey homebodies, bodies. welcome back to the Introvert City podcast where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind.
1: What do you guys think of us bringing back the old music today? I
0: know, isn't it so fresh? Isn't well, it so nice?
1: we wanted to do new music for season two to change it up a little mm-hmm. bit. And then both of us actually went back and listened to some earlier episodes from season one. We were like, our season one music is us. It fits no, yeah. so well. So now we're kind of we're going back mm-hmm. to our original, just because we love it. And I missed it. There's going to be like an awkward five episodes where there's different <laughs> music. Sorry, guys. School is approaching.
0: School is approaching. Mm-hmm. I start next week. Yep. You and too. So do you?
1: Yeah. Summer was really long, mm. and something that I really tried to do this summer was to branch out to, of course, friends and family members and close people in my life, but also being intentional about mentors and what that looks like because I think that's hard especially in our age range of like 18 to 22 it's Mm -hmm. hard to differentiate a really close friend who might be older than you versus a mentor versus Mm -hmm. a counselor like there's there's different tiers to that I've been trying to be intentional about that and and seeking that out
0: same I've really been trying to spread my group people that I really know well in my life as well Mm -hmm. Um, and actually that kind of ties into today's episode a little bit because what we have on someone who I've actually been wanting to bring on for a little while, if I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. A man, a pastor, a mentor of mine, a person who's spoken into my life really well for the past few months to a year, I would say. We did a, a group with with this pastor at church mm-hmm. on emotional healthy discipleship, really good books, Peter Schazzaro, shout out. <laughs> 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 We are here today with Pastor Kendrick Bowman, also known as Pastor Kenny. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm so good.
1: Good. So happy that you're here. We've been wanting to talk to you for a while because we know that you also worked in the prison system and worked with men your whole life. And we've had um, an episode in season one that we talked about the prison system as well. And I think there's room to expand that conversation and also to talk about what men are going through today and how to address it because that can be a little bit... Difficult and controversial, so yeah. we're looking forward to to this topic. So, can you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your experience in ministry?
2: All right, so yeah, um, a little bit about myself. Of course, first and foremost, I'm a son of God. I am uh, happily married to my wife. Our 25th anniversary is coming up. Yay! Shout <laughs> out yeah, to Kiana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have two sons, Deonte, who's 28, uh, and Kenyan, who's 16. Oh man, I grew up in Lancaster. For the most part of my life, I was born and raised in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, but I uh, spent most of my life and my adulthood in Lancaster. Former Marine, spent some time in the Marine Corps, um, and uh, just been around Lancaster County pretty much all my life, serving, working with people. So yeah, we'll get into that. But mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. So we kind of wanted to also ask, uh, as a person in ministry, as a person leading men, as a person, even wanting to take time to delve into the prison system and helping men there too. Where did that journey and that need and that real the real passion for that start? And where are you right now with that?
2: Uh, to be honest, there wasn't a passion for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was pretty much a friend of mine had been serving in the capacity as a prison chaplain, and he was leaving his role. And moving to another state. So uh, he had reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested. And um, that's so that's where it came from. But before that, I was serving teenage boys on juvenile probation. So I've been doing that mm-hmm. for years. And it's just funny how um, God had called me to, to men. So that's how that all came about. Um, so where am I at right now? Oh man, um, I love what I do, I love serving um man and but it's amazing cuz it's all God. I can't take credit. Mm. No man can take credit because um yeah. I didn't even grow up with my father in my life. So to be able to be leading men in this capacity is um it's all God. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I love what I do. I love serving people. Um to be honest, I will be working in a different serving in a different capacity shortly. So, but I, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's that's pretty well that's pretty well said. So it seems like you didn't necessarily jump in on it. It kind of jumped on you. Yeah, it was a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's tough. That can be that that's tough sometimes, but fact you took it and it seems like, you know, you love it and you're doing well and of course we see you in church and we know you and
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: wonderful. It's, it's really beautiful. wonderful. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, can you just talk a little bit about what it was like working in, in the prison system and your role and getting to experience Men in that state of mind and getting to converse with them and what that was like.
2: Yeah. So before I get into that, I want to go back to the fact that I served as a as a CEO before, um, fresh out of the Marine Corps. I was a correctional officer. So it's it's been to talk to men in in this in that state of mind because in that setting they're very um, a lot of times hopeless. They need direction. They just need someone something to, to cling on to because they don't have the people that are closest to them. Sometimes they're at rock bottom and they don't know mm-hmm. where to turn. And it's like a door opener for for, for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a way to give them hope and just being there to, to talk with people. Um, but you have a lot of different dynamics in that, in that setting. You, know, you have a lot of mental health issues you have um, abuse issues, Mm -hmm. you have, uh, man, it's just, it's just so many different things. But I I feel people, a lot of people on the outside would look at it and like, man, how do you do that? You know, how do you work in a prison? And you know, isn't this person in there? What about this person that had this case or that Mm -hmm. case? And it's like, God has just put so much, much grace on me that I don't even think about their different charges. Um, I just see the person, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And that that's a beautiful thing, um, and I don't discuss like what a person is there for. Sometimes they share their their charges or their cases with me, but the the deeper issue is the fact that they just feel hopeless and they're mm-hmm. lost, and they're just looking for some direction and some guidance. Um, because many of the men that are in there dealt with a similar situation as as I have, is like being not having a father. Mm-hmm. Um, so studies have shown that there's there are a high percentage of of the men that are in the prison system come from a fatherless home. So,
1: And do you think that the church has addressed that, the effect that fatherlessness has on young men coming up and, and the cycle repeating itself? Do you think that issue has been addressed in a healthy way?
2: I think it has. I'm sure that it could be more addressed, uh, addressed stronger, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more addressed, <laughs> addressed stronger. Um, it could be that is a, one of the big issues in the church is the fact that a lot of men aren't don't step up to the plate as mm-hmm. uh, spiritual leaders, and I think it goes back to the fact of not knowing how because you haven't had a father in your life. So you're like, what What is it like truly like to be a man and then a man of God, and a man in the church? Yeah, that's a that's a tough situation, but definitely the church the church has addressed it and does, but I think it could be a little stronger.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: I have a question, because you did
0: mention just now about how you feel men aren't stepping up to the plate. I think a lot of times in church, and this is no way to just to badmouth the church or anything, in this case, I want to speak more directly to men in the church and the way the church kind of does address it. I feel oftentimes there's two real ways that men's issues are addressed in the church. It's either it's kind of pushed aside, and as long as you know the word and you're a godly man and you pray, then things are okay. Or you kind of have to be doing so much in the church in order to be seen as a man who's important. And I feel like both are issues. It's either we don't try enough with men, so men kind of become honestly lazy godly men, and you know, their children end up leaving the faith, or their children end up not even knowing anything about the faith. Or you have these men who just try so hard and put so much of their energy into ministry, really, really a bit too deep into their theology and ministry and take ministry to a point where they're never home. They don't openly talk to their kids about their issues because they treat the congregation as more important than their own children, or they treat God's mission of the church as more important as God's mission in their home. So, Pastor Kenny, do you want to speak to the idea of men kind of not stepping up and rather than, you know, whether it be not being leaders in their home or being leaders in the church or just not taking godly men as serious at all, if I'm going to be honest?
2: So I want to go to what you were talking about a little bit. I feel like a godly man doesn't, godly men don't really step up, something that you're saying, um, because I think it's more of an identity issue. And what I say is an identity issue is because of the fact that a lot of times godly men are getting their example from another man, and they're trying to compare themselves oftentimes to other men uh, or men who they feel like are godly, and they're trying to mirror their self after that in a way. Uh instead of looking to Jesus and, you know, and the ultimate godly man. But I think that a lot of times they're getting their identity based off of all these different mentors or role models or pastors or, and not getting their identity from Jesus because they just don't know oftentimes, like I said, what a godly man looks like. And they're using that example from uh, all the relationships that they have instead of looking at Jesus. Mm. Mm, That's 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 a good point.
0: That's a good point. That's actually, I've I've been thinking about that a lot lately. The idea of the problem with like identity, I feel, and I'm not trying to say this to be one of those guys, but like I do feel that men are a little bit under attack in the media and in in the church as well.
1: You're not being Um, that guy. That's true. Very true.
0: So many times men are told what they have to be and what they're not allowed to be, and what they need to let other people be, what they need to let their woman be. And what they're not supposed to be doing for the woman, or what they have to do for the woman. So it's like you know, in today's society, if you don't have a six-figure job, six-pack abs, if you (laughs) if you can't afford this, if you don't have a nice house, if you don't have a nice car, you know, if you're not driving the nicest car out there, then
1: yeah, and that's just in the macro. That's just in the macro sense of the the world in general. Mm. I think yeah, like that really speaks to men in the world, and then getting on a more micro scale, talking about men and just in the church. That still applies because Mm -hmm. no matter if you're talking about men not living up to a standard with cars and money in the church, you're talking about men not living up to a standard with fitting into God's design for them and and caring for their wives. So it's about putting your identity in something other than God. Like Mm. I really like what you said there.
0: And I want to just point out that this is not me saying that men are angels and that women have ruined men and all this jazz. Like, I'm not trying to talk about that red pill stuff, which we'll get to later. Yeah. But I am saying that I do think, like back to the whole same side thing, that, yeah, I feel like men have such trouble, like what you said with identity, that they either place too much value on the fact that they don't have this, don't have that, or they have too much of this. So they want to either soften themselves or make themselves so hard that no one can break through.
1: So you talked about identity issues, Pastor Kenny, and what that looks like for men. Do you think that's the biggest, like, can you just speak on what men specifically who are chasing after God are struggling with the heaviest right now?
2: Yeah, I I would, I would say identity. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I think everything for men stems from, from their identity. I mean, even going all the way back to the garden, right, with Adam, you know, not taking responsibility and then mm. allowing Eve to uh go before him you know what I mean kind of mm-hmm. sitting back and watching her and like oh l- let me uh let me see what you're gonna do with that fruit and see what happens you know what I mean mm. um but just the identity is I feel like is the biggest thing that that men struggle with um, um and I think it goes all the way back to to the beginning I think when we when men allow themselves to be vulnerable and transparent everything starts to change and it just just allowing yourself to be you and not worrying about society and what they think and how you'll be judged and how you'll be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being yourself and then just going from there. You have to be willing to be hurt sometimes. It doesn't feel good, but there's growth in it. Mm-hmm. And there's um, a, a lot of things that you allow God to do more things in your life when you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Mm. There's a sense of humility in there too
0: that I think a lot of men walk away from because humility. You either get to a place where you find humility, you work with it, and life goes on, or the latter where humility finds you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's in a way that you won't like. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you whether or not you're going to accept that humility and what you're going to do with it, because you can hit rock bottom and still somehow figure out how to drill a hole, or you can hit that rock bottom and spring back up. <laughs> And, it de- and I think it depends on men because a lot of men see things such as admitting you're wrong, apologizing, crying as signs of weakness, um, signs of, you know, saying this does make me unhappy. This didn't hurt a lot. This doesn't make me feel good about myself. But kind of pushing that under wraps because you got to be a man, mm-hmm. deal with it, be okay with it. You got hurt, cry at- don't cry about it. Keep, keep going, keep walking, mm-hmm. keep on moving. When in reality, you're not moving forward at all.
2: Yeah, I think um, like you, you're just saying is there's a lot of pride in that, and people say a lot of things that stems from pride. But I say I would say that it more stems from identity, because if you knew who you are, you wouldn't really care about what everybody's going to think. You gave the example of uh, when you're growing up, and they say, suck it up. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't cry, be tough. You know what I mean? Don't show don't show weakness. You know what I mean? Don't. I mean, they even say that beyond just being a little kid, but even like sp- sports. You know what I mean? You're not. They don't want to show the other team your weakness or you don't mm. want to show them that you're, you're hurting or, you know, and, and that's just taught in society. But as godly men, we have to get away from what society says and what God says. Um, and we lose track of that when we start focusing on society. And it's like, all right, who has the bigger voice in your life? Is it what society's saying or is it what God's saying?
1: Mm-hmm. And I think people feel like you can't, it's not possible to be simultaneously vulnerable as a man and also still remain the leader and protector of your house. I think people will say, Well, you need to be strong, you know, and, and mirror the relationship that Christ has with the church as husband and wife. And I think people aren't really told that you can still be vulnerable and be, you know, talking about how you feel and everything while still remaining leader and protector. Yeah. Do you agree with that?
2: I definitely do. Um I think what I'm thinking about jesus in today's society if jesus was walking the earth you know what i mean in today's society you know people would probably look at him as we you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you know us being believers we understand and like, if you know your word you know you read it like jesus was a straight gangster he <laughs> <laughs> he would just trash the pharisees and you know what i mean probably half the time they didn't even know it until later like oh my gosh he really just trashed me like you know what i mean but in today's society the way he lived his life you know people were I'm sure, you know, not probably, but people would judge him and look at him in a certain way like, oh, man, he's softer or he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's weird, you know what I mean, or put labels on him. Like like I said, if you're a believer and you read your word, you know your word, you know, that's that's not the case. Um, but we have to be okay with that as men to looking just the same way Jesus did. And we're, we're supposed to look different, and it's okay um, because the world's not going to understand it. But if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, who's going to be the example to the world? you know who's going to be mm. that light, and we have to be that light
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and that's fair because I feel like honestly some people put on the front of being a godly man as kind of a fake front to excuse bad behavior sometimes mm. um, I, I I see oftentimes where men are where men are like because jesus was strong because god is strong and we are supposed to be like god that means that i have to be strong all the time that i can't show my weaknesses
2: yeah which is crazy because you know like i said once again if we read our word you know it's just the opposite with jesus you know he showed his emotions we've seen that he wept we've seen that he got angry you know what i mean we we know those different things i don't know why we get these well i do know why i just touched on it like we we get our examples from men and not from God. You know what I mean? We, we look at these men who are putting on these uh, masks, and then that just is a trickle-down effect to the people that we're leading. When we're discipling somebody and we're putting on these masks, then they're going to put on masks, you know what I mean, without even knowing that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. We create this culture of, you know, these people just walking around with masks and not knowing who they are. And it's something that is hard because you can't teach what
0: you don't know. Yeah. If all you know from church is that men don't cry men don't do this men don't cry out to god when they're in a sad time then men don't get angry in a way that is righteous anger that men are supposed to just take out their anger and be angry beasts Mm -hmm. then you're going to have people who know that but to them it's not a lie it's not garbage that's real that's built into them that's something that you have to unlearn and i think unlearning is one of the biggest struggles for men too yeah unlearning what you've already learned it's like telling someone something they've done for their whole life. They have to just switch around and change it up, because it's not the way. Yeah, it's not the way to do it.
2: Yeah, but I think in that you have to understand what truth is, and when you know the truth, it's like, yeah, I have been doing it wrong my whole whole life, and this is the way I've been doing it. But I know the the reality, and I know the truth, so I need to start doing it a different way. You know what I mean? If not, then I'm going to continue to move in a circle like, and, and not, you know, reminds me of the, the Israelites in the wilderness. I'm just going to stay in this circle until we get to the place we're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. if, so we have to be willing to, you know, move on past all that. Mm-hmm.
0: I do feel that a, a big topic we've been talking about now is just identity with men. And, and the problem with identity is that it's about where men are finding it at nowadays, especially too. Yeah. I was reading this book um, called blue like jazz? Karina recommended it to me Good. by Donald Miller. Really great book. Love it. <sighs> Take me a while to read because I'm not a reader.
1: <laughs> no, we mentioned <laughs> we mentioned that book too in our um, yeah. apologetics episode.
0: And I think chapter ten, he touches on you know how we always constantly build up things and find our peace in other things when we feel God is not present and not showing off anymore, even when He did show off. So he mentions the calf, the golden calf uh, that the Israelites build when Moses kind of goes off a little bit and they they're like, we haven't seen Jesus, but this golden calf is something physical that we can build right now to cling onto, to find our peace in. Because when, when we don't see God giving us a fancy car every day, we don't see God healing our broken wounds all the time. When we don't see God in a huge physical way that pleases our needs, we have to build something else Mm -hmm. in that place.
2: Mm.
0: I've been thinking about that a lot because It it calls to you. What is the golden calf that you keep building in your life?
1: Yeah. I think political parties, if I dare say it, can become that thing in a person's life. And I wanted to kind of talk about this with you, Pastor Kenny, because I was watching actually a Ruslan video the other day. He had on, he was interviewing Preston Perry. I I think this is the video, if I remember correctly.
0: Ruslan and Preston, shout out.
1: Yeah, we love them. Hit us up. (laughs) That will never happen. (laughs) But they were having a discussion about men. By the way, guys, I'm about to call out both political parties so no one can get mad at me. They were saying that a lot of men fall into this sort of red pill mindset, as it's known as. If you guys haven't heard the term red pill, it just means ultra right, the opposite of ultra left. Andrew
0: Tate, Jay Waller, Sneeko. Yeah,
1: you name it. But they fall into that... um, right-wing space where they can't see anything else because they were talking about how the left doesn't really address men. They seek to address, like, minority groups and such, and the right is, it's fallen into this camp of, like, ultra-right views of men who are going off and being with multiple women and whoever they want to, and it's going, like, beyond religion. It's about manhood and, and yeah. Like, do you think (laughs) that there's... Would you agree with that, that men aren't hearing enough advice from like a mediocre stance people who aren't like so caught up in their in their political parties whether it is left or right like I really think that men need to hear voices like you were saying from a godly perspective not a political perspective do you have anything to say about that
2: yeah I think it's it's definitely what you just said like we need to hear from a godly perspective um hearing from left right red blue it's only a distraction um it's 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 blocking out the voice of God. So mm. when we're hearing all these different noises from the outside, we're hearing God's voice less. Um, his voice is being drowned out by mm. some of those things. Um, so we have to make sure that where we're getting our 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 spiritual food from is coming from from God because mm-hmm. all mm. the other stuff is basically junk food. We can live off of it, but we won't be living at, at 100%. Yeah, you know? it's not sustainable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and, and what you were saying about the red
0: pill kind of community, which is a, just a big topic nowadays, and I'm honestly sick of hearing about it, it's if annoying. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> it's just so annoying because you have these men who put on this front, they see that Disney doesn't like men in their movies Doesn't like male super superheroes anymore. Mm -hmm. That you know, Marvel doesn't only wants to push forward female girl bosses, Mm -hmm. and that men are bad, and men are wrong, and men are trash, (laughs) and men are stupid, and they only want women because men only like sex. You know, because you know, because they've never talked to a man before. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I do think that yeah, having more women, having more female superheroes in. In, in books and comic books and movies is awesome, but I think in the way they do it, they polarize men. So men only have one way to look. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the sunglasses they have on mm-hmm. are for Andrew Tate, are for this guy, Jay Waller. I don't even know his first name. Jay Waller. Just Sneeko. So these people, they have them in a chokehold, but they're not. it's not even like they're forcing to pay attention to their views because these boys feel like they have nowhere to go no
1: other voice that are speaking into them except and for it's a problem
0: voices. of both the left and right because the left don't care enough about men mm-hmm. so they push men into this box and forget about them but then that same box is bought and held and camped out by the right so they constantly take these men and take advantage of them in either way mm-hmm. either advantage by not giving them enough care or telling them you're an A-plus man. Only a real woman wants you. You need to sleep with as many women as possible. Leave your wife. Work out at the gym. Do trading. You know, like, mm-hmm. get do this, do that. And it's like, nah, bro. Mm-hmm. God is real.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: is he not? God is real. We don't ever look at ourselves alone as a light. We need something else to shine through us in order to be a light. But we ourselves are a light, like a city upon a hill -hmm. We are a city upon a hill. It can never be hidden. Mm -hmm. I think that men nowadays are really lacking good mentors. And it's so hard to find these mentors because these mentors are normal dudes. Yeah. They're not a guy with like a million dollars, three million dollars in the bank who's driving around in a Bugatti. You know? (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not what the man in culture is telling you you should be like. Yeah. So when you look at these men who are actually really good mentors, you're like, Well, I don't wanna be like them. I wanna be rich. I wanna be stacking. I wanna have as many girls as I can in my house. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's not how it is. Um yeah. what do you think about mentorship and how men can find and decipher between these bad mentors, mentors, quote unquote, and finding actually godly men to be their mentors.
2: Yeah. Uh I think it first starts off with um Given your testimony, you have to be willing to, to to open up and share, so that you can have some people that that can possibly relate to your story. And but if you're just staying silent and keeping everything on the inside, um, you'll never know, and no one ever, ne- ever know like what you're going through. Hmm. Um, so you won't be able to have that mentor. Like, how are they going to know um, what you need help with? I would say the difference between um, the good and the bad mentorship is depending on the person, is it about them helping you and their discipleship of you? Or is it about putting the focus on themselves and trying to push your, their agenda on you and trying to make you more mm-hmm. like them and not like more like Christ? A good mentor is going to point you towards Christ, right? And they want to see the best come from you and that you looking more like Christ and, and not looking like them. Because, uh, you know, a lot of men will try to make disciples of themselves. For some reason, you know, some people want that spotlight. You know, they they need to feel needed. But a good mentor is going to not care about their own self-gratification, but they're going to care about you and your wholeness. Hmm.
1: Do you think it's dangerous for men to seek out mentors that they are close with personally? Like, do you think there should be a line between going to, like, a close friend versus going to someone who actually doesn't know that much about you in your personal life?
2: It could be really good both ways. I think about it as in terms of uh, a son and a father who have a great relationship. You know what I mean? That could be a great uh, mentor for that child. Or sometimes, you know, you have a mother. You know, I think about boys and moms. A mother is oftentimes is going to be like, oh, it's okay, baby. But no, it's not. You need to see that person that's going to be real with you who yeah, doesn't really yeah. know you, that's mm-hmm. not and it's going to tell you the straight truth like, no, you stink. You shouldn't have did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need that honesty. You need that honesty. Yeah.
1: Right. I was just thinking about that because even going beyond men, that's why it was really important for Seth and I to start seeing our uh, counselor at church. We mentioned that we've done pre-engagement counseling before yeah. because our counselor is so straight with us. He like, like he tells us when there's a problem and he tells it to our face. You don't pull no punches. No, for real. And when we go (laughs) to like friends of ours who are also dating, they might be a little bit lighter and easygoing with us. And, you know, it's, it's very different between the two. So I think it's important for men to have figures like their fathers and maybe friends that they're very close with and also people who are not super involved in their personal life to give them the straight truth like you were saying.
0: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Sebastian Kenny, you obviously are happily married to the wonderful Kiana Bowman. We all know her. She's great. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. Yes. And you guys both have two sons, yeah. Kenyon and Deontay. Yeah. You guys are a happy family. and we see it, you guys have a lot of joy on your face. It's pretty cute. It's um, <laughs> very cute. How did you kind of go into that marriage and how do you see yourself as the man of that relationship? And how do you feel... You treat her as a godly man treats his
2: wife. Yeah, um, I feel like I do an amazing job. I'm, <laughs> an, aw- I'm an awesome <laughs> husband. Um, no, but seriously, like that—that that probably would be more of a question for her to answer, like how she feels that I treat her. Um, I feel like I, you know, I treat her as a queen. Period. You know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Getting together, like we were young, you know, we were teenagers, and uh, we've just been together since our teenage years, and. We didn't have a lot of, of guidance, but we did have some. We didn't have any direct guidance, right? I would mm-hmm. say we would, we would glean from people and things that we saw that were that were good and healthy, but we didn't have it directly. Like in, in our homes, it um, wasn't always. We, we had some good um, situations and some good experiences uh, with our own parents, but it wasn't always like that because neither one of our parents were married. Um, we saw some good things, and then we saw some, you know, some good things from other people's hmm. lives and their marriages and things like that. So that helped us get through certain seasons. But it wasn't until we started to really walk with God is when we really um, were able to be exactly who we are, and um, our relationship flourished. But we were basically just getting through, just getting by on the junk food, right? That I talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, we were just getting by. Now, like we're we're thriving. Um, spiritually and, and and as one as we should be
1: so you guys came to the faith together I think that's really cool
2: actually well <laughs> actually oh. we didn't um so i I was raised in the church right um, my grandfather was a bishop I was raised in the church I was grew up in a church setting um, so I knew the whole church culture right I wasn't mm. necessarily mm-hmm. always living it right but I, I knew I knew what to do you know I, mm-hmm. I knew how to live it. Um, but, yeah, Kiana's didn't start going to church until our early 20s. And actually, um, at one point, I was kind of done with church. Mm. With church, as when I say church, I'm talking about like the service and not the church as the, the whole, like the big body. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just some things that we went through and experienced, and I'm like, man, I was just tired of people and hearing different things from different pastors. And I'm like, oh, no, this isn't it. Um, so I had some 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 church hurt is what they call it, but uh, Kiana was the first one that actually started to go to Journey Church. She was uh, invited by Pastor Bebe, one of the pastors. Shout out Pastor BB and Pastor Victor. Um, but she, Shout out. <laughs> um, but she invited Kiana, and Kiana started going, and then Kiana said, hey, you should come. And then, you know, I was like, ah. Oh. Think services were like one o'clock at that time and I'm like uh it's Sunday at one o'clock um <laughs> football's on that's and weird uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that yeah yeah and she started going and then I was like all right I'll try so I went and then I was like well you know when it when they start getting a morning service I'll be consistent and you know I'll start going even more and what do you know probably like a month later started having morning services and I've been going consistently ever since and that was like 2011 mm-hmm. so we Man.
1: So she encouraged you after. Yes. That's really cool. Okay. That's awesome. Two
0: thousand eleven. Y'all remember twenty eleven? No. I was eight.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so you're just trying to call me old without calling me old. <laughs> I get it.
0: <laughs> but um I don't know if we mentioned this. All we do all go to the same church. we we'll go to Journey Church. I mean we wonderful. basically say every episode. Every episode we talk about journey, but <laughs> For men in the church, when it comes to just men in general, what are some of the most concrete advice for you that you typically kind of like to give out? Some things that you would say to some men who are kind of struggling in the church right now?
2: One of the main things I would say is is to 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 let go. Let go of um, what you thought things should be, the way things should be as a man, and, and be open to new things. To be open basically to a new you. You know, just let let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Just be willing to open up and, and change and to see things a new way. I don't even know how to describe it, man. It just You just become a brand new. You're a new creation, right? That's what the word says. And you just become a brand new creation. And it's even it, it's so impactful for men because we're supposed to be leading, right? And if we're not leading, what's going on with our women? What's going on with our children? If we're willing to do those things, if we're willing to be open and Accept the change. I think that's a big thing too. Okay, to change. A lot of times, men just don't want to change. You know, the men are men are often fixers, right? I, wanna, mm-hmm. I can fix a problem, but uh, I don't want to change. I any. don't want to be fixed. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, being open to that is is huge. So that would be my big advice: is just let go of yourself, let go of the of the old you, and embrace the new you. Um, mm-hmm. No matter what people say or what what you think people might say a lot of times we get caught up in assuming that people are going to judge us or look at us in in a certain light and we have this all movie played out before it even before it even gets started and oftentimes you know it doesn't even end up happening the way that you think things are going to happen or you're going to be judged the way you think people might judge you so
0: That's a great word of letting go of yourself, letting go of the old things. It says, when we think of the past, we don't speak well of this. So we look towards the new future, towards the great future with God. I had a relative of mine, actually, who went to school for music, really great musician still, um, plays piano like no one's business. His main instrument was the trumpet. But when he found Christ, he actually threw that away and he stopped playing trumpet. And that was like his main instrument. But because of his new life with Christ, he decided, I'm no longer to do this. And that's like giving up what looked so sexy and attractive at the moment. That was you were like, I can't live without this. But then giving it up for a life with God because God is better than anything else. Mm. Jesus, a life with Christ is better than anything else you can think of. That is more than enough to fill the God-shaped hole.
1: Yeah, and the first time you told me that story a while ago, it just it really amazed me because... That is something really hard to do is to give up something that you love so much. And we're not out here advertising for you all to give up your gifts and your passions um, because God gives us our gifts to use for Him. Yeah, I was just relating that to what Pastor Kenny was saying about embracing the newness of your life in Christ. Because
0: God is good. All, all the time, time. And all the time. God, God is, is good. good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
1: I'm just cut him <laughs> <out>. Okay. Um, <laughs>
0: Thanks so much, Pastor Kenny, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Really appreciated what you said here today. This is a conversation I hope you men, and women too, can have a conversation about in the comments, to other people that you talk to, because I do believe that it is a very pressing issue, and it is more important than I think we give credit for. Mm -hmm. The only way for us to really experience godly men having a resurgence in the church is to actually talk about it.
1: For sure. For sure.
2: It's a it's it's a way of being intimate. A lot of men don't really understand the the term intimacy. You know what I mean? They they look at it in in a sexual light, but um, it's it's a way to have a, a that conversation with you know someone that you're really close with and you're able to be intimate and vulnerable with, and it's it's a way to really help you grow. Um, Mm. When you peel back those layers.
1: Intimacy is closeness. I like to think of it that way. So, yeah, like I think it's important to find ways to be intimate with God. And I think for men, that can look like starting those conversations with each other. Mm -hmm. And healthy friendship.
0: And healthy friendship.
1: Yeah. And relationships at all. Mm -hmm.
0: Any relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. We're going to wrap up today, guys. Really love today's episode. Yes. Thank
1: you. For really being loved here. it. <laughs> yes. Thank you again, Pastor Kenny, for yes. your time. We appreciate all of your words.
2: Thank you, guys.
1: Well, if you visit Journey Church, you can find Pastor Kenny. Yes. And strike up a conversation with him. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, but thank you. Thank guys. you so much today yes. again, Pastor Kenny, for all the, for. Today's episode really loved it, really appreciated it. Everyone, you can find us mm-hmm. at the underscore introvert underscore city on both Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can find me at its underscore D A N E Y L.
1: Mm-hmm. And me at Rena underscore B 04. And we'll be back next week with our yes. episode. But yeah. we're running out of time, and we love you guys, and we'll see you all next week.
0: Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Yous. Thank you.